0: Welcome to Vermont Trail Chatter, a podcast about Vermont's outdoor recreation community hosted by the Catamount Trail Association and Mountain Ops. Today we are speaking with Noah Dines and Aaron Rice. Aaron currently holds the record for the most vertical climbed on skis in one year. Noah is a 29-year-old teacher living in Stowe, Vermont, who is hoping to break that record. During this episode, Aaron shares a bit about the history of this record and his experience breaking it. Noah tells us about his plans, what's motivating him, and we explore some of the challenges he will face as well as some of the things he's looking forward to. So let's get into it. Noah and Aaron, thank you for taking some time out of your day today to speak with us. I know you guys are both busy, um, but we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to kind of like share what's going on. So Noah, we are here today because word on the skin track is that you are planning to try and break the record for most vertical climbed on skis in a year. That's a record that is currently held by our friend Aaron here, who is with us today. Aaron, do you know, what is that? What is the current record for most vertical skied in a year?
1: Uh, It's funny you should ask. I was just looking up the exact number, and I actually had it wrong for a little bit. Um, it's, it's two and a half million, but if you want to know the exact number, I thought it was 2,506,499, but it turns out the day before I officially started counting, I actually skied more than the last day that I was counting. So if you want to know the record for most in 365, it's like four thousand more than that, um, so it's actually.
0: So we're upping the say. ante in real time right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually two hundred or two million five hundred
0: and ten thousand nine hundred and twenty-four. So good to know. We're taking notes right now because we're going to keep track of. So no, so no, a little bit more about the record. So are you attempting? Is this goal like a 365 day period, or is it within the calendar year, or does it really? <laughs> What's the plan? Uh,
2: my plan is within the calendar year uh, because I okay. tell Greg Hill, who had the record before Aaron, and Aaron did it. Uh, and it feels pretty to do it in a calendar year. You've got a set date, start date, and an end date. You can't start moving things around. You know your plan. So I'm going one calendar year, January 1st. December 31st skiing.
0: That's awesome. That's exciting. Um, We're going to dig more into the attempt in your training a little bit, but like right first off, I want to get to know a little bit more about you, Noah. Um, And so how old are you? Where are you from? And how did you come to live in Vermont if you didn't, weren't here already?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Noah. I'm from Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, home of famed skier Doug Coombs, and I am 29. I ended up in Vermont uh, to work at Mount Mansfield Academy, the ski racing academy here in Stowe, uh, via Maine and
0: Connecticut. Great. And then, and so it sounds like you're obviously a skier. Have you been skiing like your whole life? from when you were little, how did you get into skiing and what kinds of skiing do you like to participate in?
2: I've been a skier my whole life. I started skiing sometime in elementary school at Neshoba Valley outside of Boston and, and carried on through my childhood teen years into college, but never particularly seriously. Uh, you know, five to 10 days a winter. It wasn't ever part of my identity. It was something that I did occasionally, but not an identity marker. And after college, I moved to Maine to work at an experiential education uh, facility in the middle of Maine, mid coast Maine, and ended up with a lot of time on my hands in the winter and easier access to skiing and people that like to ski a lot and then it just took off so when i was around 22 23 it started to become a much much bigger part of my life uh and that's also where i picked up skinning and backcountry skiing uh so now i primarily ski on alpine touring gear going uphill uh i also have been known to telemark occasionally uh and then on the weekends and whatnot, I also coach some junior alpine racing up at Stowe. So I'm on the big heavy boards a couple of days a week, but I don't let my friends see me on those.
0: Nice. So it sounds it sounds like skiing's like a pretty significant part of your life at this point in time.
2: Yeah. At this point it's uh it's become kind of a cornerstone of what I do, who I am, my social life my my joy and my happiness
0: yeah well i'm we're pretty excited about this conversation mostly because we have aaron here who's the current record holder and you the potential new record holder we'll see we'll see what happens over the next year um but i'm curious i've got two questions one and this is for aaron and for you noah but like what makes skiing in vermont or the northeast like so special and unique and noah if you wouldn't mind going first I
2: love New England skiing, and Vermont skiing especially, uh, for a variety of reasons. First off, it's really good. There's a lot of really good days here in good terrain with good snow. Uh, The ice coast thing, yeah, there's icy days, but if you ski every day, the amount of really good days you get is actually quite high. It's, you know, it's not Utah with 7,000 feet of snow every day but I ski soft snow more than I ski bad snow. The terrain is really interesting and especially here in Vermont and Stowe in particular we have a really incredible set of diverse terrain. Uh, You can go ski off the chin off the top of Mount Mansfield and ski a tight chute into some steep trees into an open gully and then And right back where you started, all over the span of like 2,500 feet. Uh, There's also like a considerable amount of annoyance that you have to deal with, of schwack, as we call it. Uh, Just little branches and things. And sometimes you just end up going through this stuff and it's just funny. I find it a lot more comedic skiing out here than anywhere else. And it's fun and funny. And because our terrain is so limited in certain aspects, we just don't have the size and space that they do at West. Uh, You're forced to get creative, finding new areas, finding interesting lines, interesting ways of going about things. But it also forces people together. And you're going to see the same people skiing out all the time. I've made some of my best friends from just seeing them repeatedly. And it forms a real community that
1: I, I love.
0: That's great. And, uh, Aaron, what about you? Do you have similar feelings or anything to add to what Noah mentioned?
1: Yeah, totally. I, I love that Noah led with that. It's good. I feel like so often we as East coast skiers get thrown on the defensive, but the reality is like, it's really good. (laughs) Like we get a lot of really good skiing. Um, and we get a lot of snow. We get more snow than a lot of places in Colorado do. Um, so that's, I mean, first and foremost, that's why I think a lot of us are in Vermont is for the skiing. Um, but then I think th- what makes it special and what makes it different from other places with good skiing um, is kind of the not skiing and that you can live in a town and have a job and not feel like you're living in some somewhere that's only a ski town that's whole livelihood revolves around skiing that you can just live in in a town that's got agriculture and industry or whatever it is um, and there's lots of different options in vermont and you can ski every single day before work Um, and to me that's one thing that's really special about vermont is how tightly nestled we are in the mountains um and there are really only a few places out west you can do that i mean salt lake but there you're in a huge city um, you can't do that in denver it's two hours to the mountains uh, without traffic so um, to me that's what's special um on top of the good skiing um about being in vermont and like noah said having the mountains right there and having a full life and community in the valley leads to community in the mountains
0: as well. That's awesome. That's great. And so my next question is regards the record. You know, Aaron, you live here in the East Coast, uh, in the Northeast, in Vermont, and currently own the record. And then Noah, you also reside here in the Northeast. So what I guess I'm curious is, is there something special about living and like skiing in the Northeast that kind of like lends creates a situation or creates people that are capable of going after these and attaining these records?
1: Well, I think the common link is Neshoba Valley. (laughs) That's where I learned to ski too. Um,
0: Skiing here in the Northeast, like you're saying, is really good. But again, you do sometimes have to get creative. And oftentimes you do have to be like ready to go when the skiing is good. And so do you think that that mentality, that kind of like ready for anything ready all the time kind of like plays into this kind of mentality that sets you up for I mean like skiing every day for a whole year is tough in, in and of itself but then setting this goal of hitting like two and a half million feet or whatever your next goal Noah's goal is is just like another level like there's a reason people aren't doing this all the time
2: I think the being ready to go part like the skiing is really good However, we often will go long stretches, especially December into January where the skiing is not really good and really good backcountry skiing or good backcountry skiing at all isn't available. And we spend a lot of time getting ready for that, which is just laps. Uh, You know, 2,000, 2,500 foot laps, two, three, four a day where you're just going out building stamina so that when the iron is hot, you can strike I think and then all of a sudden you can ski six seven eight thousand nine ten thousand feet when the skiing's good and then if it goes back to whatever you just go back to kind of that that fitness style of lap and it builds it builds stamina and also when that skiing is happening the weather is usually terrible it's either really really cold or rainy and so you just eventually learn to ignore it. And I think looking at my year ahead, that's key. And I know Aaron's talked about it being the year he looked at the weather the absolute least, because no matter what you were going skiing.
0: Yeah, gonna take whatever whatever life throws at you this day, you're gonna get out in it and go for it. And so I mean I definitely Yeah. I definitely think that when condition when you have great conditions all the time, it can be like whatever it is. It can be easy to be like, oh well, when you have mediocre conditions, you're like, Man, I'm going to wait off. I'm going to hold off today and not go. And I think, you know, I, I definitely think there's something about East Coast skiers where they're they don't necessarily fall into that trap so frequently. A lot of a lot of Northeast skiers tend to like, you know, enj- find ways to extract enjoyment out of whatever you know the conditions are the day that day.
2: And like Aaron said, it's so we're right here. Uh, I can be on snow. In twelve minutes, so the panel. I'm not driving an hour or two to maybe ski something that's suboptimal. So you know it's okay. I'll go. I'll go ski for a couple hours, and then five thousand feet
1: later, you feel great. I think Greg, your your point about finding enjoyment—that kind of to me is is the key—is like there are lots of really motivated people in the world. There are lots of really athletic people in the world. There are, I know a lot of people that could physically ski 3 million feet in a year. Um, I think what it takes to ski 3 million feet is, and, and in part what you're asking, how does like being a new England skier help with that? I think it's, it's, enjoying skiing to that amount that you want to do that um and it's it's finding enjoyment in days where somebody who only likes skiing needy powder maybe isn't going to find enjoyment um it's not pushing through a non-enjoyable day it's literally just enjoying it more um and for me like i just wanted to ski a ton and i think noah just wants to ski a ton and like that's what you need to have um Athletics kind of come secondary. Well, that's for two and a half mil. For three mil, athletics are going to
0: have to be higher up. But Noah's a much better athlete. So <laughs> that's that's great. Thank you. Man. That's 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 wonderful. Um, so let's dig a little bit into the record. Aaron, you set the record. The last record was set in 2016, um, and like you said, it was just a little over two thousand two million five hundred thousand feet. And so you mind sharing a little bit about the history, like who owned it, be, who had the record before you and like, what was kind of, was there, what was the trajectory of this, this uh, record?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Greg Hill, um, forget exactly when, but he'd skied 1 million feet um, and he never really claimed that as a record, um, but he was kind of the first person to count for a million feet um and just to be clear what this is talking about is human powered um backcountry uphill um so skiing but no lifts no snowmobiles um hiking up for all your turns and then skiing down um so he did that sometimes before 2010 i forget when um and then in 2010 he skied 2 million feet and that one he he really pinned and said this is the record um and nobody contested it i don't think anybody had ever skied close to that at that point um and so i was in college at that point and was following along and um thought it was really cool and my friends and i kind of talked to each other and we're like just starting to ski a whole bunch of backcountry and putting together bigger days and we were all kind of doing the math and we were like you know it doesn't take a superhuman to do this like in in total it's a lot but we could go out and ski it was like 6,000 feet a day or something. Um, I don't even know if it was quite that much. Uh, we were like, we could totally do that if somebody just like paid us to do it every day and flew us around the world. Uh, so I kind of like held on to that for a few years. Um, and then I was out in in Alta as a ski bum and was ready to be done, um, but decided to do one last hurrah, basically. And so in 2016, um, set the record for two and a half mil, um, same, same exact style. I talked to Greg beforehand a few times and, um, kind of used like FKT fastest known time etiquette. Um, so we didn't have it like sanctioned by Guinness. It's kind of like a big corporate thing at this point. Um, takes tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to get your record sponsored by Guinness. So we went with like FKT etiquette and, um, basically that means I followed his guidance um, or stricter. So one thing he did is like, if you're say out in the pack Northwest hiking a volcano and you do 3000 feet at the beginning of the day, hiking with skis on your back and then you skin another 3000 feet, that whole 6000 feet co- counts, even though maybe you walk the rest at the end. And it was kind of used best judgment. Like if you're there to ski, any uphill counts. Um, obviously, if you're like hiking up a mountain with skis in your back in the summer and taking the lift down, that doesn't count. Um, but if you are making a good effort to ski, then it counts. Um, so I use that. It probably only added up to a few dozen feet, a uh, dozen thousand feet here or there. But um, and I think Noah's planning to use the same etiquette guidelines.
0: Great. And Noah, like what, knowing this history of this record and like, why, why are you, what's motivating you to kind of like go after this record this year? I mean, you're going to have to average over seven, like close to 7,000 feet per day. And like, why devote all, so much time in this way? And like, what do you hope to get out of this or achieve? It's a complicated question, I think in a, on a few fronts.
2: Um, and a great question. Uh, so... Aaron kind of alluded to this earlier. In some ways, it's very kind of lizard brain. I like skiing. Skiing makes me happy. I like skiing a lot. Skiing a lot makes me very happy. So if I ski a lot, a lot, a lot, I'll be a lot, a lot, a lot happy. (laughs) That's on one front. On another, it's I've never at anything in my life fully and totally devoted myself to anything i you know i've done lots of things but never day in day out has one singular thing been my focus and i want to know what that feels like i want to know what it feels like to be fully fully invested to try really really hard day in day out and push myself to that limit uh that's really intriguing to me. Um, Athletically, I realized sometime over the past few years that I can ski more than almost everybody else around me. And that I can wake up the next day and do it again. And then maybe take a nap and go for a night session. And (laughs) so... For a couple of years, people have asked me about this because if I've started counting how much vert I've skied and I haven't had, I've said, no, why would I do that? I would like to have fun. And then it's, you know, when people suggest something, thoughts enter your mind. Uh, And I realized last year or so that, you know, I can ski a lot and ski kind of interesting stuff as well as fitness laps and have fun uh and then the the real story of how i came to kind of decide to do this uh was sometime i think in february of 2023 and i was driving back from burlington i went on a date it was boring and i was kind of having one of those what am i doing moments and i said i should just go for the record I should just do this. And once I get something in my head like that, it's really, really hard to get it out. And I don't think a single day has gone by since that day where I haven't thought about it uh, for at least a brief amount of time in many days, hours on end.
0: (laughs) Wow. And that was was just earlier this year, right? That you had that that epiphany where like, I'm doing this.
2: Yeah, it was one of those all at once driving from Burlington to Stowe on 89. Kind of like, just going to do this. We're going to make this happen.
0: And have you, and since having that thought, have you had any second thoughts? Or is it just kind of something that's kind of kept building and building and you've become sure and sure of going after it? Um,
2: Every now and then I'm like, what the can I, you know, there's self-doubt creeps in sometimes if I'm out running or biking and things are taking a long time like am I can I do this I I don't know I haven't done it I don't know if I can I have to be realistic uh but generally it's been on the up and up and especially once I started talking about it telling other people floating the idea uh then kind of locked in
0: yeah well now you're on a podcast. So it's official now. Now you can't back out. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm way too deep now.
0: I don't know how official <laughs> our podcast is, but <laughs> we're going to take it.
2: It's more official than anything else.
0: So, uh, so talking about kind of like looking forward now, I guess I'm curious about like where, um, I guess I'm wondering if you could like walk us through your plan for the next year, just like at kind of at a high level. Um, like you're gonna, it sounds like you're gonna start on January first, and then ski, ski, ski. I know that Aaron moved around a little bit for his record. He moved. He ski, where did you ski, Aaron? It was in Argentina, California, Chile, Colorado, Utah, Oregon. Uh, any any vert in Vermont?
1: No vert in Vermont. Um, for all the great things Vermont has, the unpredictabl- unpredictability makes it really hard. Um, for a goal like this. Um, but yeah, I think you nailed all the states and countries I was in. Um, most of it was in Utah.
0: And so for you, Noah, what is, yeah, what what do you think your year is going to look like as far as skiing and travel and whatnot goes?
2: Yeah, uh, it's still definitely in flux, and a lot of it truly depends on funding. Uh, but I'm, I have a few kind of high level commitments one is i'm going to start and end in vermont uh i don't know exactly how long that will be but not just for the, the reasons that aaron ascertained it's difficult to be here for a long time uh especially with limited uphill access on ski resorts on our highest mountains uh but it's start and end in vermont uh Stowe and this community and the Vermont community is really important to me. And it's where, where I call home. So starting and ending here is really important. Uh, you know, hoping to throw a big party on Nosedive somewhere around De- December 31st, 2024. Uh, hopefully with everybody that's made it possible. Um, looking likely, like I'll, I'll make a Utah stop. Uh, for Utah, somewhere in the mountain west, potentially looking at Canada as well uh, for the bulk of the the North American winter. Uh, My plan is to migrate to Oregon uh, for the Pacific Northwest volcano season. I have uh, gone out and skied there the past couple summers, a little bit, uh, and the ability to just rip corn laps in the sun is... Super cool. Uh, I know Aaron never really was in summer at any point. And I think with the amount of skiing that I'm going to do, uh, and just the strains and stressors, the ability to like have some sunshine, have long days will be really important. I'm a huge fan of the double session where you wake up, ski, it will be four or 5,000 feet, take a nap, eat, refuel, sleep, and then go back out for a little bit more in the evening or late afternoon, I found works really, really well for me. So that's part of my, my strategy. And that should take me through at least the end of July. Uh, Certainly Mount Hood will have skiable snow through then. And then it's either down to Argentina, like Aaron did, or... Uh, across the pond and I would love to go ski in Europe for a while and then you either ride that out there in either one of those locations depending on how the snow setting up it's obviously melting out in the south and coming in in Europe and then back either to the mountain west for you know October November into December and then back to Vermont is kind of how I see things Shaping up.
0: That's great. It sounds it sounds like a really fun year. You know, lots of skiing, a fair amount of travel. Uh, you guys might start seeing other people kind of like tackle these missions, these year long missions. So, Aaron, you had to, you skied two point five million feet, and that was going that was breaking the previous record of two million feet. So, Noah, do you have a specific goal in mind? Are you are you hoping to ski two two thousand like two million five hundred and thousand and one foot it's just enough to break Aaron's record or are you do you have like a more lofty goal
2: uh yeah Uh, I would like to put a big dent in Aaron's record Uh, my goal is three million vertical feet Uh, it's just a nice round number and it seems you know if you're gonna do something
1: do it go all the way yeah well and I'll say when I set my goal it was less about the record and it was more about what I thought I could do. Um, and cause I was more just trying to push myself. And so, um, I think, no, I think Noah's doing similar. It's like, how much can I do? Um, and, and I think 3 million is probably right there. And that, that was actually takes me back to something I was thinking about when you were talking to which is that we have, quite different approaches to this. And I think yours is much more geared towards hitting a higher number um, in a really good way. Like I used big skis and didn't give myself the correct nutrition um, and didn't really know anything about being an athlete um, and just kind of suffered my way through it. Whereas I think Noah has, is also planning to suffer his way through it because you have to, but (laughs) <laughs> um he has like a much better understanding of like what it means to be an athlete and i think the idea of like a morning session doing five thousand, 000 afternoon session doing 5 is a really great one like i did a thousand feet an hour every single day all the time and if you know anything that's like pretty darn slow um for doing a record or something that's kind of like your leisurely backcountry skier pace um and I just kind of pounded away at that pace all the time. And I think Noah's trying to go for basically double that, um, which means actually less time on skis than me, um, but just doing a lot more vertical in that time.
2: Yeah, leaves a lot more time for recovery, uh, a lot less time in the elements. You no, know, uh, I don't know if I can do 2,000 an hour, but I think 1500 is really attainable uh, with the proper care and listening to the body and, and treating the body really well and, and treating the mind well. And part of that is why I want to ski in summer, just to have that sunshine and longer days that allow different strategies.
0: So it sounds like a smart approach. So Aaron, it sounds like you and Noah have kind of like You guys have conversed a little bit, shared notes, uh, and been skiing together for a while. Um, Are there, I guess, are there, like, what are some of the tips that, like, or I guess this is for Noah. What are some of the tips that maybe Aaron has shared with you that have helped you prepare for this, your record attempt coming up?
2: I think first and foremost is, you know, I went to Aaron. I think I went to Aaron first and said, hey, so... I know you skied a lot what are your thoughts on me skiing a lot uh it just you know felt right to to go and and ask kind of for his blessing i know i didn't need it but i went to aaron and said hey this is what i'm doing uh i've emailed with greg a little bit just to let him know as well uh and aaron's advice has been critical i'm texting aaron every couple of days asking questions about something or other, uh, most of it has been, don't do what I did in terms of nutrition and rest and whatnot, but a lot of, uh, his connections in the ski industry have been critical and more than anything, his, uh, his support saying, I'm here with you, I want you to do this what you need, I've got, like, I can help you no matter what, uh, has been huge. And having, knowing that like, there's somebody that's done it, that I'll be able to call when I'm three months in and it's, I don't know, rained for the past week or something and say, how do you, like, what do you do? How do you deal with this? Like, how do you get yourself out the door every day? Just knowing that there's somebody else that's been through it, uh, who's supporting me. has been incredibly helpful.
0: That's great. And Aaron, so how do you feel? I mean, it sounds like you're very supportive of Noah and this endeavor, but like, how does, why in some ways, like why be so supportive of somebody that's trying to take away a record that you own?
1: Mm. Um, I mean, it was never about a record for me. Um, even from the beginning, like I didn't, I don't know. I just wanted to ski as much as I could. And so it doesn't feel like taking anything away from me. I skied as much as I could. Like I want everybody to ski as much as they can. Um, So, and it's just like a really fun goal and like crazy wild goal to attempt. And so getting to watch somebody else do it is going to be super entertaining and fun. Um, And yeah, like I see zero downside to helping as much as I can. Um, from, from like helping with planning and whatever to like getting out there and breaking trail.
0: Is that, is that something that's allowed?
1: Oh yeah. That's not only is that allowed, but like, that's actually something I probably haven't (laughs) said enough is how huge it is. Um, it's a little less important in Vermont, but like yeah, if you're out skiing in the Wasatch or places with deeper snowpacks where you're breaking a lot of trail, like, yeah, you have to have a a skin, what do we call it? Like a, yeah, trail breaker, summit gun, like a rope gun, somebody to, to break trail for you. Um, for me, that was Joey Camps. Um, but yeah, and they need to be like fit and ready to go. And it's, I'm probably not the best person to do that right now. No, it can bury me, but, um, but yeah. And having like 10 people that can do that also because you'll run through them.
0: That's hilarious. And no, a quick question. You mentioned, uh, some of your plans depend on kind of like financial support. Is there a place, is there a way that people could kind of like engage with you or support you financially?
2: Yeah. So, uh, First and foremost, if so, if anybody is associated with any companies or anything and would like to step up as a corporate sponsor, uh, that would be phenomenal. I'd love to chat, and then uh, I'll have a link in bio uh, on my Instagram uh, where people can sauce me some cash if they so do choose to do so.
0: Great, and we can add that. We can add that to our the, the podcast notes, and then definitely. Be in touch with us at the CTA because we can help share your story and connect people with people in that way as yeah, well. Yeah, awesome. Because we don't, want, we don't want money to be the reason we can't achieve this goal.
2: That's definitely been the thing that's been taking up really most of my time recently uh, has been working on this, certainly my mental time. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that as we get closer uh, and we get, get the word out, um, that will happen.
0: That's great. And so, yeah, and, and we're happy to help and support this. This is like again, it sounds like both of you guys are coming at this from this like love of skiing, and you know, our at the CTA, our goal is always just we just want to get more people out there in the winter having a good time, whatever that means. And so, you know, if that's it, seems like you guys are you're you're working, and what you're doing is inspiring that in others. So, we'll support you guys however we can. Um, Thank you. So, looking, yeah, so looking, uh. Looking forward, I guess in in talking about training and preparation, you know, people love gear. So do you have, I know, Aaron, you mentioned earlier that you used like big skis. It sounds like, I imagine in an endeavor like this, you're going to use a variety of gear. Do you have kind of like a gear plan for, um, you know, I don't know, special boots that just fit your foot really well? Or what? how are you kind of uh, tackling this or thinking about this at this point in time?
2: Yeah, so I i am definitely a little bit of a gear nerd. I think you kind of have to be, uh, to do what we're doing with just the volume and the conditions that we face. Uh, I'm really, really, really lucky and really excited to be working with Fisher, uh, on boots, binding, skis, uh, that whole skins. Um, I'm going to be skiing kind of my everyday backcountry ski is going to be the Fisher, uh, TransAlp 86 CTI Pro, which is somewhere around like 1100 grams and then a, a light binding, uh, and then a, a sub thousand gram boot, uh, the Trapper's CR. Um, so, you know, keeping that setup really light and trim. I also am going to be skiing the TransAlp RC there, Ski which is like some 700 grams. which is just incredible. Uh, and so that's going to be critical, uh, in keeping, you know, my stuff dry, ready to go. Um, layering I've got pretty dialed. Um, and you know, it depends on the season and the environment. Um, so gear, you know, working with Fisher is going to be just huge knowing that I have their support. Uh, and then, I'm sure things will change and adapt and I'll go through gloves and various things, but I've, I've been wearing the same pair of uh, Maloya pants and jacket for the past three years skiing. And that's what I wear. So, uh, I'm excited to get into a skin suit for fitness laps, just, you know, streamline everything. Uh, but you know, keep things simple, keep it consistent and, uh, hopefully, try out some really cool gear too uh probably end up going lighter in the summer heavier in the winter just based on snowpack and knowing what i've skied on rainier and on hood in the past uh you can go pretty darn light and have a darn good time too
0: do you plan to have any kind of multiple sets of gear in rotation so i know drying like drying stuff out and taking care of like boot liners and layers and all this stuff comes is going to be like that's part of the logistics of making this happen day in and day out especially if you're doing like two a days where you're going in the morning then going in the afternoon you know do you have uh thoughts and strategies have you been like digging into like the nitty-gritty of how you're going to manage that for a full year uh yes and no um
2: some of it i think is it's going to be what my routine is already here uh because i do a lot of two a days as it is come home Boots on the dryer, on the drying rack. Gloves on a on a boot dryer or whatever. Uh, clothes on a drying rack. If need be can throw them in the dryer. Have two sets. I'm going to have two sets. I'm not going to show up to a ski hill without a full set of boots, skis, bindings, skins ready to go because I'm not going to be able to sacrifice two hours or whatever wherever I am to drive anywhere. It's just can't kill a day because your skins didn't dry out. Uh, I think we're going to try to work out some sort of a mobile drying setup, Uh, but keeping things dry and a routine of, of gear care, making sure the skis are waxed. There's nothing worse than skiing a volcano in the summer and going, you know, getting caught up with an unwaxed ski and the the sloppy sticky stuff in the afternoon. Uh, So Stuff like that and stuff like that also is critical for injury prevention. Having a good edge on my ski, uh, in having everything in working order, ready to go, and being aware of any issues that are coming up, and not letting them them go on and become a major, you know, daybreaker kind of
0: issue. And what and what about? kind of body maintenance it sounds like in a normal winter season you're already getting out there quite a bit on a regular on a very regular basis do you have any like tips or tricks that you're going to use to kind of like keep your feet in good shape uh when you're doing this day in and day out because it seems like foot problems could like slow you know really put a damper on your ability to kind of like throw down some vert
2: yeah i think that i have a pretty good idea of how i'll react but you never know um so it's addressing things when you start to feel something. You really have to pay attention to your body at all times. If you start to feel a hot spot, uh, it's you throw some, whatever. I tend to use duct tape because it just stays on really well, but Leuco tape or K-tape, KT tape, uh, right, I put it directly on the skin and that really helps address any kind of rubbing. Uh, I know I tend to have some issues on my heel and on my navicular bone on the inside of my ankle. I've got some weird kind of lumpy feet as so many skiers do. And knowing that I'll be taping that from the start because even if you can ski through the pain of a blister and open skin, you know, you risk infection, but also you are just anything that makes it more painful, makes it less fun makes it harder to go do that extra thousand feet, makes the first thousand slower, whatever. Uh, Things are going to pop up, but the goal is to nip problems in the bud before they become like that. Uh, So having tape available, keeping your nails in check, and keeping your feet warm uh, is critical on cold days, especially when you can't feel them as much. if you can keep them warm, keep feeling in them. I find it helps recovery a lot. Uh, and also drinking water. it's so easy not to drink water and not to eat uh, while you're out there. Um, but making sure to drink water and especially you know starting when you get home, I start with a, a tea or a bone broth or something. Uh, really I find helps the recovery and makes waking up the next morning a lot easier.
0: Great. And so other, what are there other expected challenges that you, I mean, things that you, you're pretty sure you're going to run into, like what are, what are some of the things that you think are going to be challenging for you over this next year? I think, you know, there's, there's a few, I think about it in a few different ways. There's the logistics side
2: and then there's the skiing side. Uh, So logistically it's, you know, making sure that the money's there and, and, using that effectively, making sure that I'm staying somewhere that's reducing my commute to the hill, uh, because time spent not skiing, not resting, not eating, not is time in essence wasted. If your entire goal is to ski, uh, logistically also, you know, I will have to travel I want to reduce travel to a certain extent uh both because it's incredibly inefficient because if you're on an airplane you are not skiing and because it's bad for the environment to kind of travel willy-nilly uh just chasing snow i have no plans to just you know, fly around to chase every big snowstorm i don't think that's right for the environment or you know right for this attempt uh so I think that those are some big logistical challenges, uh, just making sure like the grocery shopping gets done. Like that's, that's hard. Uh, I don't know if you've come home from a huge ski day scene, you have nothing in the fridge and then you're just kind of like, then you don't eat because you don't have anything. And then you have to wake up tired because you didn't need to go ski. So that's, you know, those kind of things, keeping the fridge stock, keeping the skis sharp, Uh, are all things that are really hard to do when you're tired and you just want to sit there. Uh, Then skiing side, I'm going to be tired. Like this is, my math is 330 days of skiing. That's to account for travel, a couple rest days, uh, whatever else shows up, injury. Uh, But I'm going to be tired. So it's learning how to ski to warm up and get myself out and do those It's going to come to 9,000 feet a day over 330 days of skiing is where my my math is and where my brain is at. So keeping myself there for that, uh, conditions are huge. Um, If there's good snow, fast travel, fun skiing, it's going to be a lot easier than if I'm ski cramponing up something or it's raining or it's, you know, well below zero. Those are all difficulties. Uh, And then keeping myself uninjured is going to be critical. I know Aaron broke an arm pretty early in, rather break an arm than a leg. I've generally had very good injury track record, Uh, but staying uninjured and staying uninjured while you're tired is going to be critical. Uh, And then, yeah, just getting out there day in, day out and skiing even when I'm tired,
1: I I have a question. I don't know if I've asked this. Are you planning to like um, weigh more of the vert in one time of the year than another? Like do eleven thousand a bunch of days and seven thousand a bunch of uh, other days?
2: I generally am gonna you know front load a little bit while I'm young and healthy, so to speak. Um, but I also I do expect to have some heavier days, some lighter days in terms of vert. Uh, I'm already planning my birthday is June 30th. I'll be turning 30. Uh, so I think it would be fun to ski 30K uh, on my 30th birthday. It just seems right. Uh, so, kind of balancing some big days, some late days. I don't imagine myself taking many pure rest days of no skiing uh, that aren't travel days. Uh, I imagine that I'd go out and ski 2K. And then you still have a full day and you in essence,
1: you know, you've got to move the legs. Which I think 30 is about, or whatever, 35 is about the right number of just travel days. Cause I only took like three or four unforced days off and that's
2: right where I landed. Yeah. And that's uh, I did 330 something days of activity in 2022 when I did a lot of vert over different sports. So that feels feels attainable.
0: It sounds like an incredible amount of <laughs> work. <laughs> uh, so, is there, in the, when you're looking forward to next year, um, are what are the things that you're looking forward to? I mean, like we know that you love skiing, and so, like as you mentioned before, if you get to s- ski every day, then that you know that's just going to bring more joy into your life. But what are some of the other things that you're looking forward to?
2: i am looking forward as you said to skiing a lot uh looking forward to skiing different things and also knowing that i've got like that's my job that's what i am waking up to do and that i can i don't have to be back for anything i can enjoy my skiing uh i'm really really hoping to ski with interesting people whether that's interesting people you know that are in the ski world uh Or people that also backcountry ski that are in various other walks of life. I really hope to meet cool people and take a lap with them. And I want to be in cool places. I've not once set foot in Utah. Uh, I've never skied in Europe or South America. And to be able to ski in cool places, see a lot of beautiful sunrises and incredible sunsets, I'm really looking forward to. Um, and then also I hope to inspire others. It doesn't have to be to ski a bajillion feet. It could be to ski. It could be to go hiking. It could be just do something hard. I think that it's important to go out in life and do hard things, whatever that is for you. And it doesn't even have to be athletically, but to dedicate yourself to something. And as a cherry on top, my dad, who is a skier, but not a backcountry skier, has promised me that he'll take a lap with me, which I think will be really cool.
0: That's amazing. And, uh, we're Dave or Dave or Robbie. Do you guys want to ask, jump in here with any questions? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I think I know the answer to this already. Um, it's not a very serious question. Um, but, uh, I wanted to ask Noah if he thinks he's going to eat over or under a hundred gas station hot dogs while fueling for this adventure over
2: i mean that's only one every three days that's and if you're gonna eat one you might as well eat two
1: so.
0: yeah like i said i think i knew the answer
1: but uh yeah your uh your gas station food intake i think is gonna increase quite a bit which is i can't wait to see that
2: yeah that, that should be uh right there on the instagram for all to see
0: It sounds like there's a story behind these gas station hot dogs that we might have to explore at some other time. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's a, that's a for later story.
3: I had, I had a question. um, If you, if you don't mind me asking one of the things that some people may or may not know about both these guys is they have quite a bit of hair and they have quite a length of ponytail in the back and uh, being the Graham counter that Noah is, I'm wondering if you're considering on cutting your hair to shave some weight and shave some grams.
2: Hell nah, brother.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I have to have some insulation. Don't worry. I've got like kind of the back, the undercut shape to, to keep it light and airy back there. But uh, I have to have an identifiable marker on the skin track.
1: What What is it? A, a gram on the foot is 10 on the back or something? Yeah, so by like, the time it
2: gets to the head, it's
1: not. Whatever. <laughs>
3: And then on a more serious note, um, we spoke briefly about when Aaron broke his record, he got injured, broke his hand, I think midway through the ski season. Um, And I know you haven't had any injuries, Noah, um, skiing, but you did sustain an injury this summer and just wondering if being injured during the summer, how you think that might help or hinder your... Uh, mental fortitude, mental toughness. I mean, obviously you had some downtime when you got injured and you weren't probably able to train the way you wanted to train. How how did that help you or or not help you going through that experience?
2: Uh, Great question. Yeah, the beginning of the summer, uh, right when I got back from Mount Rainier, I took a crash gravel biking and had a small fracture in my ulna, right in my forearm by my hand. Uh, And that definitely cut into my training I was running quite a bit within a week or so Um, Certainly not doing the same volume and it's led me to be doing a lot more running this fall but I I think It's hard to know. I think that it certainly uh, was a good reset and a good reminder but I'm not too concerned about the training Uh, in either direction Um, I think that you know I'm I'm two months cleared or so now and I've been doing a lot Uh, I've got done some big stuff since then so I think it's a good reminder that things can happen uh, but not enough to have a real impact on next year.
3: And then lastly, not really a question, but just kind of a, a sidebar that uh, Greg talked about. I think it's, it's really fantastic that the current record holder and the person that's going after the record, you guys are, you're New Englanders. And in the ski world, when we're talking about a lot of records, there's not a lot of New England folks that pop up on the radar, so to speak. Uh, and I think that's super special. And I think it means a lot to to us New Englanders that that live and play here. And I think it's really going to put, uh, I think Aaron, you know, although he wasn't living in New England at the time, now he, he lives in New England full time. And I think it really says something about the hardiness of New England skiers and, and our fortitude and our mindset. And I think, I think it could really do a lot for New England skiers and New England skiing in general. So hats off to you and we wish you the best of luck and we're behind Thanks, you 110 percent
1: and and to tack on to that i think it's really really cool that you no know, you're planning to do to start and end in vermont and and taking a few laps in vermont was something i always or, or spending a week or two weeks in vermont or something during my year was something i always was trying to figure out how to do and that year was one of the worst years on record in vermont um and i didn't I hadn't been living in Vermont prior all that much. um, And so I didn't have like a great network at the time. Um, So it just didn't work for me, but I'm really psyched to see that that's. Yeah, can't wait to bookend it here.
0: Yeah. And I think everybody's super excited that you're going after this and that, you know, whatever happens, I think it's going to be fun to follow along. I mean, I hope that this is just kind of the first episode in a series throughout the year we can kind of touch base with you and check in and just see how things are going and like uh, learn more about your experience and, you know, share that with people. So Aaron and Noah, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come talk with us. And look, we'll hopefully we'll have you both back on over over the course of this next year.
2: Thanks for having me. Thank you, Greg. Good to see you, Aaron, Dave, Robbie. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks everybody.